I'm Peter Martin. And I'm Adam Annis. You're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Today we're going to give you seven of our favorite Herbie Hancock albums. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Herbert Hancock. Actually, I believe it's pronounced Herbert Jeffrey Hancock. All right, we're getting a little too formal for Herbie, I think. <laughs> Herbie Hancock born in... A little trivia, throw it out there. Are we talking about year or place? Y- well, year and place. Was he born in Chicago? Chicago, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in sure the year, though. 1940. Nice. Yep. All right. Um, we love Herbie here. That's why his name comes up almost every episode. Yeah. I'm shocked that we haven't actually done this before, but maybe we have. <laughs> no. I know. Would you say that he's probably like one of the most influential pianists in your like professional? House. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think he's. I think he's the most in a way. Um, it's definitely for me. Is yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm a little bit ashamed to say that because there's so many other great players, but you could do a lot worse than Herbie Hancock, you know. Yeah, I mean his sound is just so cool. Like, and it's still so relevant. And and even all these records that we're about to list, some of these are from, you know, the '60s, the early '60s, yeah. and they still sound fresh to me. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to some later stuff too, I think. But um, I mean, for me, and it, it, it's it 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 didn't even come directly from Herbie Hancock influencing me. It actually came through Kenny Kirkland first, which led me back. I saw Kenny Kirkland when I was real young live, and that was one of the things that really made me want to be a jazz pianist. I mean, I was into jazz a little bit before that, but like, you know, not like seeing something like that live where you're like, wait, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when I got to meet Kenny Kirkland, one of the first names of, in terms of records and stuff was check out Herbie Hancock. And I was like, yeah, I've heard of him, but I want to be like you. Yeah. And he kind of laughed, you know. That's awesome. So, um, Let's jump right into it. Why don't you start out with... Yeah, I'm going to kick it off with... This is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's Maiden Voyage, 1965, Blue Note Records. Mm. Uh, One of the greatest uh, jazz albums ever made. This is such a cool... um, It's got a minimalist vibe, and I don't know how this didn't make our minimalist album list. Even the album cover is is minimalist. Even the album cover is minimalist. Uh, This is such a cool album. Um, Tunes like Maiden Voyage, title track, one of my favorite tunes. I have The Hurricane, Little One... Uh, dolphin Dance. I mean, these are all standards. It's now. kind of thematic, too, with the whole sea. Uh, he was into this idea for a couple it. of years. He was, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, we got Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, George Coleman on tenor, Ron oh, Carter, right. and Tony George, Williams. Yep. Man, I think this is some of the best George Coleman play. Oh, yeah. He I mean, sounds so good on this album. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. But just this whole vibe is, um, it, it still feels fresh to me. I, I could listen to this tonight. And yeah. I've heard it a million times. I think I'm going to listen to it tonight. You want to come over tonight? Let's do it. Okay. Well, and <laughs> little then, bourbon, little maiden voice. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. not a bad combination. Yeah, yeah. So what about, what do you think in terms of, and I know this is not the official thing for this podcast, but like if you had to give somebody one Herbie Hancock album that had never heard him, or maybe they heard him, but they didn't, oh, I've always wanted to listen to some more. What, what, where should I start? Well, you know, I always say it depends on the person. Yeah. You know, but I would, I would, this is definitely one I would start people with. That's cool, because I was thinking the same thing. I think I've actually done, I mean, this has definitely been one of just jazz records, period, totally. I've given to people. It's non-vocal. so accessible. It sounds like jazz, yeah. but it's not hitting you over the head with a bunch of chord changes or, yeah. or I mean, it's, it's beautiful is what it is. And I love that it's a classic record and it's, you know, 50 plus years old now, but it's by an artist that you can still go see live totally. and it's still relevant. So I think it's, it kind of bridges the whole thing. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Good choice. Way to steal mine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go in a little different direction to a record um, that maybe some folks haven't heard or haven't listened to recently, and that is M1 Dishi. 
And so M1 Dishi was, of course, the name of the band that uh, Herbie ended up putting together. And, you know, they had great names. But it's like like the foundation of it was Billy Hart, uh, Jabali, and Buster Williams. And, you know, this was, I don't think it was like Herbie's first fusion record or what they later called fusion records. But to me, it's like kind of the first time he got into some long form stuff that was not really just funk based. I mean, Herbie's made so many great influences and he was able to jump around so much. Uh, so I'm probably, you know, overly simplifying things. But, you know, he had a little bit bigger group, you know, Julian Priester. Is that how you say his name? Priester. Priester, I, so. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trombone, Benny Maupin, of course, all that great, you know, uh, flute and, and, and bass clarinet, contrabass, whatever it was. Um, Eddie Henderson. You know, this, he started to put together this nice little larger ensemble, although he you know, certainly used some of that on, on, on um, Speak Like a Child, experimenting with that sound and interplay with the piano. And I love this record. I mean, it's got, you know, these really long tracks on there. And I think it was repackaged later, which is what I actually heard it with some of the... Um, Fat Albert, Fat Albert Rotunda stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, which is a little bit of the more funky stuff with that same ensemble. But I love that period. I mean, I love um, Headhunters as well, which is like right after. Right this. after, yeah. This is, maybe, is no, it right it's, after? It's right after, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is such an interesting choice because this is not the most accessible Herbie no. by stretch, but it's some it's of the best. It's not your first album to give someone. No, but <laughs> it's some of the best music. I mean, and, and it was really revolutionary at the time. It was yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah, and a lot of Rhodes, a lot of Rhodes playing for Herbie. And know? it's interesting, you know, having read Herbie's autobiography recently, and he talks about this era and sort of like the 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 wanting to um, kind of do their own thing. Yep. Even at, you know, they would go and audiences would not, a lot of audiences wouldn't understand this at all. Or a lot of audiences would be too high. Exactly, I was going to say. The only audience <laughs> yeah. that understood it was, was, was smoking weed, which is most of it. But. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. a lot of, I mean, that, this album I would say has a little bit more rock influences, although this is always an oversimplification, but a little bit more rock than funk where in Headhunters. That's oversimplified, though. Yeah, But yeah. it's something to listen for. It's hard it? to classify this one. It is. It's great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go for number three. I'm going to go, this is a little bit, um, maybe a, a lesser known pick, and this is sort of, sort of towards the late Headhunters era, and this is Secrets. Mm. Now, this is a record that, this was my, kind of my introduction to that Headhunters sound. Yeah. I hadn't heard Headhunters. I hadn't heard any, any of the other ones. Um, and a friend gave me this tape when I was, I think, a junior, sophomore, junior in high school or something. And it was just on repeat in my car for a year. And I didn't know the names of any of the songs. You know, it was one of those things. It was like a blank tape. Remember getting those? Yeah, <laughs> yep. And it was, it was amazing. Um, so this is from 1976. This is, um, Herbie's playing a ton of different, you know, like synths. And, you know, he's got the Arp Odyssey and the Clavinet and the Oberheim and all this stuff. Uh, uh, Benny Maupin, we have Paul Jackson on bass, yep. uh, James Gadsden on drums on one track, and, and James uh, Levi on drums on everything else. Wawa Watson, who's the guitarist, oh my God. is so killing on this yeah. record. I mean, just makes it. Um, and if you haven't checked this out deep, some of the stuff on here is so sick. Um, doing it, the title track, The Spider, which is track four, is like the most unbelievable uh, epic song. Gentle Thoughts. It's all so good, man. This is taking me back, actually, to high school. This is great. Yeah. You went to high school in the early 70s? Uh, Mid-70s? No, man. <laughs> Late 90s. But I was, if, you, if you were going around High Ridge and you heard a, a Herbie's doing it, bumping out of an S10, that's me. Nice. Okay, so we're up to, what are we up to? Number one, two, three, four. four. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to go 
you know, this is good. We're kind of jumping around chronologically with Speak Like a Child. Nice. Um, This is uh, a little later than, I guess, just a couple of years after Maiden Voyage, but a pretty different sound. But but Maiden Voyage and this, I always kind of connect those two because they're very just, you know, pleasing to listen to and just sit and, and they make sense from beginning to end. And this is another one I think that's a good recommendation to someone as a first record for Herbie, you know, a little bit more accessible. But he's starting to, you know, some of the stuff he did with Mwandishi in terms of the instrumentation and arrangement and how the, you know, a little bit unorthodox um, instrumentation, you know, with the flute and the um, Thad, Thad Jones is on here. That's and awesome. then um, I can't, I, I know it's Ron Carter. I want to say Mickey Roker. Yeah, I think. But I'm, I, I don't know if he's on the whole record, but I know he's on there. Um, trombone, you know, like just some nice instrumentation, nice interplay with the piano. Um, and then, you know, this is really from right in that era when he was, I don't remember exactly where it lays, but it's definitely he was playing with Miles and really playing. This is sort of some reserve playing compared to what they were doing, like Plug Nickel, yep. a lot of the live stuff with that, that I heard with Miles around that period. So I think it's a great record, uh, cool cover, the whole thing. Awesome. Yep. Uh, for number five, I'm going to go with kind of around that era, a little bit before, and that's Empyrean Idols, yep. 1964. Um, again, just one of the great jazz records of all time. So that's before Maiden Voyage. I, I always think about them as the other way around. I, I know. They're no, close. No, but... this was right before Maiden Voyage. Wow, this is, okay. And this doesn't have George Coleman. This is uh, Herbie, Freddie Hubbard, yep. Ron Carter, and Tony Williams. Yep, quartet. This quartet. Uh, one Finger Snap. Uh, Freddie's killing it. Killing it. it. You know, yeah. a lot of people think that that melody is Herbie's melody. That's just the first chorus of Freddie's solo. I always thought it was like, yeah, yeah. We used to play it like, but that. it's kind of become the the de facto melody of the tune, right? You know, well, I remember when they when they had the the when the Blue Note revival, kind of late '80s or maybe even mid '80s. I was still in high school, and they, you know, Blue Note was coming back, and they they brought the label back, and they reissued stuff, and CDs were just coming out, and I'd heard this on LP. I had it on LP, and then when they did the CD, they had two versions like an alternate version of that tune yeah of one finger snap yeah and it's killing also it's, it's just as killing as the main one but you're like where's the melody i was like where's the <laughs> melody i was like oh i see why they didn't use it because freddie forgot the melody no, but he had man. another killing melody it's on how there. melodic <laughs> of a player freddie hubbard is yeah man. it's amazing that's good yeah so aliloquy valley uh, cantaloupe island which was kind of a hit but then even i'm sure made herbie a bunch of money in the 90s when it yeah, got sampled a million times <laughs> you know Flip Fantasia. That's right, man. Yeah. One of my favorite albums ever. I mean, all of these are. That's the thing with Herbie albums, man. I know. It's like I'm such a fanboy. Like, they're all my favorite. Yeah. Well, we're doing the seven best. We, we could do the seven worst. That would do be dark. The, <laughs> the, yeah. He doesn't really have seven. I mean, he has lesser ones, kind uh, of. Kind of. Pretty, pretty high level. Because he didn't always record. You know, he's not one of these. And he recorded. Yeah. But, like, you always get the feeling there was a reason when he made records. It wasn't just like, oh, I got to get a record. I need some money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to jump up because it's it's always easy to get stuck in the classic periods, and he had so many classic periods. But I, I'm a big believer in Herbie's not a believer, just acknowledger of his current relevance relevancy. Um, so I wanted to do next River, the Joni letters. And now that I'm, th- I always think about this was just recorded, but it's it's like mid. I don't know, 2007, 2008, around that time. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's 10 years old now, but definitely from the sort of modern era um, of the way that Herbie makes records and, and has really interesting guests. And to me, like, what he's gotten into now is just these, they're, they're theme records kind of, but really interesting. And, like, he's never afraid to, like, leave the reservation on a theme. So this is supposed to be the music 
of Joni Mitchell, but he's got solitude, like a Duke Ellington standard yeah, so that good. he plays in a really modern way that's not at all Joni Mitchell-ish, yeah. but is really fits in with everything else that's happening there. Um, so I love that. And then, you know, he does that great version with Wayne Shorter of Nefertiti, which yep. is, uh, I guess that's Wayne's tune, or is that, yeah, that's, is that Wayne's tune? I think, yeah, I think it, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, How great you, is that, by the way, that those guys are still like, Oh man! Playing together, playing and exploring. And, yeah, and, yeah. No, actually, they hate each other. They hate each yeah, other. but they yeah. they play like friends, which is great. <laughs> um, but there's some really like you know interesting col- col- collabs. Do we yeah. call them collabs? Well, you we don't do. have time to say collaboration. You, you right? Call them that. Um, but but I think my favorite on there is the Tina Turner. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Edith in a Kingpin, and like every time somebody, not every time, but many times over the last <laughs> ten years, somebody comes to my house. I was a big early adopter in Sonos. Um, you know, a little, little plug out to our friends at Sonos. A little Sonos sponsorship. Man, that could be a good sponsorship for you. <laughs> Let me just put that out into the universe for the You'll Hear It podcast. I have to say that I was, a, I'll tell the story at another time, but I was a very early adopter with the company way back to 2006. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm OG with Sonos, you know. And, but I, I would always pull up, and especially before people knew what it was, they were so impressed. Like, man, you have this thing where you can pull up all this music. Now it's, you know, there's a lot of different systems. But I would play this track. I was like, check out this. And I would tell them this Herbie Hancock track off one, you know, it's kind of newer record. Because a lot of people don't just, yeah, they're not yeah. as in tune to these new releases. And I was like, check this out, this vocalist out. And, and like, they would normally could, even if I didn't say Herbie, they could guess Herbie's playing because it's yeah. Herbie. But, but I was like, who do you think that is singing? And I'm like, I have no idea. When I'd say it's Tina Turner, they were shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's, it's, I mean, she has such a distinctive voice, but somehow the placement on that track yeah. is it's just hard to tell that it's her. Once you hear it's her, you're like, oh, yeah, of yeah, course, of course. it's Tina yeah, Turner. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just genius. I mean, it could have been just a disaster, you know. Yeah. You know, Herbie Hancock with Tina Turner. But and this whole. Singing Joni Mitchell. <laughs> I think Herbie's whole, like, kind of, if you want to call it, quote, unquote, third act of whatever, even yeah. from, like, the new standard era. You yeah, know, remember that record? In the I think 90s? that's what that's what ushered it in. I would that's say. a great record. Though. Are you going with that for number seven? No, I'm not. I mean, but that could be one one plus one that duo yeah. record he made with Wayne. Yep. amazing. I saw that live. That tour. Yeah, unbelievable. And no, I think my, new standard might have been right before that. So that kind of became yeah. the era of these theme thoughtful theme records. That's sorry. a category there. There, yeah. yeah, thoughtful theme Herbie albums or <laughs> yeah. just in general. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, no, that's not my number seven, although maybe we should do a whole other list. But my number seven... Seven Mo favorite. Seven, yeah. My number seven is Thrust. Uh, if you haven't heard Thrust, this is, to me, the pinnacle of Herbie's Headhunters era. I think it's one of the great um, records of the 1970s of any genre. Mm-hmm. Um, genre. Genre. Like and uh, this was a special record to me because I had a friend who had it on CD with like Japanese um, packaging yeah, and it wasn't in print in like 1998 in St. Louis I couldn't find it in record stores that's for all you kids out there there was a time where you would hear about a record and you wouldn't be able to get it you'll hear it but you won't get it you won't get it (laughs) so I drove to Chicago and found this album uh, in a record store on CD and brought it back not only was this before the internet, this was apparently before the U.S. Postal Service as well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know specifically I was going to get oh, this, okay. but I did yeah. drive up there and found it. And I, I mean, I, I had, I had gone through crates in every record store I knew in St. Louis. I couldn't That's find awesome. it. Yeah. Um, and when you got home with it, 
I heard it. Okay. But no, we can keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, man. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Uh, so the famous one is Actual Proof. This is one of his most famous, you know, uh, compositions, recordings. Uh, this is with Paul Jackson and Mike Clark is the rhythm section. Iconic mm. rhythm section. They also have Paul Jackson and Mark, Mike Clark. That's the Headhunters. It's trio, the Headhunters right. uh, yeah. trio, right. Yeah. But they have the uh, most iconic VHS instructional video. If you haven't seen it, I think some of it's on YouTube. But they literally just go, here's how you be funky. And then they play for like 30 minutes, and it's amazing. Nice. Yeah, it is. Mike Clark and Paul Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is really, really funky. Yeah. But they don't really explain much. <laughs> Quick aside, I met Paul, Paul Jackson Jr., right? Is that his complete name? Is I it? Yeah, say. yeah. Uh, I met him on a flight to uh, Japan. Nice. And uh, I you know, knew him from the, from the Herbie recordings. But he had been living, I don't know if he still does, was living in Japan. Um, and he kind of came up to us. He was like, are you guys a band? And we were like, yeah. And he's like, I'm Paul Jackson. We were like, damn. That was <laughs> fun. Up? Yeah. But uh, all the tracks on this, um, Palm Grease, Actual Proof, of course, Butterflies, also a... Oh, man. It's become a, a jam them? session standard. Yeah. Even. Spankalee. Don't sleep on Spankalee, Spank-a-lee man. Lee, the, yep. the synth work in that is unbelievable. So that, this is one of my, uh, definitely one of my all-time favorites. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Um, I think we covered it. We we uh we just need to talk about the ratings. Are we are we still pushing ratings? Or are we backing off of that? Man, this is your thing. What, what do you want with the ratings? Well, no, I mean I, I didn't say how many. I just said are we still asking for them? Well, we appreciate we, any ratings and reviews that you may appreciate. might put uh, below here so on the podcast. We're not begging for them anymore. We're not we're begging. We're just appreciating them. I mean, we're just appreciating okay. our our listeners. Six, six, please six. <laughs> Again, six is impossible, but if you, if you had five, that'd be very, very much appreciated. And if you have any ideas for episodes, or you just want to uh, leave us a message or tell Peter to stop begging for ratings, you can hey, always go to you'llhearit.com and leave us a message there, uh, either by voice or by print. Wait, is, <laughs> print. can you print? <laughs> or by telegram <laughs> or by carrier pigeon. <laughs> By Telex. Give us a shout out if you remember Telex. That's right. That's right. You don't remember that. I have no idea what you're talking about. No. <laughs> T-E-L-E-S. <laughs> what about facts? You don't know about that. I kind of know about facts. You kind of know about facts. I never figured it fa- out. It's a facsimile. It's not the original. It's a facsimile. I'm down. All right. Well. You'll hear it. 